You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. religion fails away, there's nothing left. When false religion goes, there's nothing left. Worshiping anything other than the true living God will leave you absolutely empty and bankrupt. False gods do not bring lasting peace. False gods do not bring comfort in time of need. False gods do not heal. False gods do not save. In today's message, Pastor Dave will warn you about the dangers of false religion. False religion is simply the worship of something other than Jesus Christ. No one but God has power. No other God can save. No other God can heal. No other God can bring peace. In its wake, false religion leaves absolutely nothing. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of Judges, chapter 18, as he continues his message, A Time of Spiritual Confusion. You are Here you go. 19. And they said to him, Be quiet. Put your hand over your mouth and come with us. Be a father and a priest to us. It is better for you to be a priest to a household of one man or you be a priest to a tribe in the family of Israel. So the priest's heart was glad. And he took the ephod, the household idols, and the carved image and took his place among the people. Then they turned and departed and put the little ones and the livestock and the goods in front of them. When they were a good way from the house of Micah, The men who were in the houses near Micah's house gathered together and overtook the children of Dan. And they called out to the children of Dan. So they turned around and said to Micah, What ails you? Why have you gathered such a company? So he said, You have taken away my gods, which I made, and the priests, and you have gone away. Now, what more do I have? How can you say to me, What ails you? The children of Dan said to him, Do not let your voice be heard among us, lest angry men fall upon you and you lose your life and the lives of your household. The children of Dan went their way, and Micah saw that they were too strong for him, so he returned and went back to the house. Interesting thing going on here. They get to Micah's house, and five guys go in, and they see all the goodies. Ooh. Right away, we're back to the lust of the eye. We're back to the lust of the eye and the lust of the flesh. I want that stuff. They're overcome. They enter Micah's shrine and they steal his belongings. This is a strange combination of low morality and strong religious feelings. It's almost like someone who says, I really need to study the Bible and then goes into the Christian bookstore and steals a Bible. Gusick told this great story that I want to repeat to you in his commentary. This is the mindset of those being led by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Gusick records this. During the Los Angeles riots of the 1990s, a reporter came across three looters leaving a store. He asked them what they took. The first two told him with off with profanity. But the third man said, I got me some gospel music. God just loved Jesus. That's what's happening here. That's what's happening here. 
You see the fallacy of this. The Levite mildly resists the spies, but they make him an offer he can't refuse. They make him an offer he can't refuse. Hey, why are you working for one guy? You can work for all of us. And he's going, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. More money? I'll go with you guys. I'm going to work for you. They hire the priest, hire him as priest, if only to silence him. Remember, this man is a true hireling. He will go where the money is. He is not a true shepherd. And we don't have time today, but in my notes, you should read through Ezekiel 34 to see what God has to say about poor shepherds. And then at the end of Ezekiel 34, he compares them to the good shepherd. You can read that comparison. It's a beautiful, beautiful comparison in 34. But what do the bad shepherds do? They feed themselves and not the flocks. They live off the flock, and they're not really concerned about the flock. They're more interested in fleecing the flock than feeding them. They don't care for the flock. They don't heal the sick among the flock. They don't search for the lost. And they rule over the flock with force and cruelty. But John 10 tells us of a good shepherd. A good shepherd. Read verses 10, 11 through 15. A good shepherd who gives his life for his sheep. A shepherd who cares for each one of the sheep. The sheep who know him, who hear him when he calls. And he knows each sheep by name. And he calls them. The bad shepherd thinks the flock exists for him. The good shepherd lives and dies for the sheep. He puts his life and gives it for the sheep. Since Jonathan was a hireling, he's going to go where the money was. He had no vested interest in anyone except himself. Trust me when I say this with all sincerity. There are people right now on the radio, on TV, and in various places who only want you to go into your pocket and send money to them. They have no interest in your life. They have no interest in you whatsoever. All they want from you is the dollar. And it's a travesty. But they don't have to answer to me. They do not have to answer to me. And I believe that the little old lady, and I'm not picking on ladies who are elderly, but the little old lady who has no place to go, sitting in her home, listening to this preacher, listening to him go on, and reaches into her pocketbook and takes her social security check and sends it to this guy. In my heart, if she's doing it for the Lord, she's going to be blessed. He'll have to answer for that social security check. He'll have to answer to God for that. But if she's doing it from with the right heart. But see, they know that too. The saddest statement I read in all of chapter 20, all of chapter 18, the saddest statement I read is found in verse 24. When Micah says, what else do I have? What else do I have? My heart crushes when I hear this. This is empty religion. This is what happens when we're faced with empty religion. What else do I have? They took my idols. They took my ephod. They took my gods that I made. What else do I have? This is horrible. This is a sad, sad commentary. 
It's tragic. And we see religion. A religion that doesn't worship the one true living God. It worships gods that are made. That have eyes and don't see. Hands that don't use them and don't touch. Mouths that don't speak. What a sad commentary. What else do I have? When false religion fails away, there's nothing left. When false religion goes, there's nothing left. Worshiping anything other than the true living God will leave you absolutely empty and bankrupt. False gods do not bring lasting peace. False gods do not bring comfort in time of need. False gods do not heal. False gods do not save. There is salvation by no other name than Jesus Christ. He is the one true living God. What else do I have? There are people today that are being deceived by false religions. They're being deceived by false religions. And when Christ comes for his church and we are taken out, they're going to be the ones going to say, what about me? What else do I have? Because they're worshiping a false Jesus. They're worshiping a false God. They're worshiping an idol or an image. The Danites settled in this place called Laish. And it's interesting because in Joshua 20, in the book of Joshua that we studied, in chapter 20, he talks about this. But it's interesting because he calls the town Leshem, L-E-S-H-E-M, Leshem. Leshem, Lasik, they're the same town. They're the same place. But he talks about the children of Dan went beyond these because the children of Dan went up to fight against Leshem and took it. And they struck it with the edge of the sword and they took possession of it. So let's finish out the chapter here, if we will. So they took the things Micah had made and the priests who had belonged to him and went to Laish, to a people quiet and secure, and they struck them with the edge of the sword and burned the city with fire. There was no deliverer because it was far from Sidon, and they had no ties with anyone. It was in the valley that belongs to Beth Rehob. So they rebuilt the city and dwelt there, and they called the name of the city Dan, after the, after the name of Dan their father was born to Israel. However, the name of the city formerly was Lachish. The children of Dan set up for themselves the carved image, and Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, and his sons were priests to the tribe of Dan until the day of captivity of the land. And so they set up for themselves Micah's carved image, which he had made all the time. But the house of God was in Shiloh. The tribe of Dan becomes the first tribe of Israel to officially adopt idolatry as their religion. They form this idolatrous system of religion. And even though they were supposed to come down and worship in Shiloh, they've got themselves so far away from the tabernacle, so far away from the presence of God, so far away from the, the ordinance of God, the, the, the word of God, the law of God, the sacrifices. They've gotten themselves so far away. So what they're doing is they're putting in place all these other molded images, carved images, all these gods that they stole. <laughs> what good is a God you can steal? What good is a God you can steal? 
Well, I like your God so much, I'm going to steal it. Well, they preferred these images. Many years later, Israel, when the kingdom divided, King Jeroboam I, they would set up golden calves in two cities. Golden calves were set up in two cities. Guess what the name of one of them was? Dan. The other one was Beersheba. They were falling into idolatry. They were falling into idolatry. They would encourage the entire nation to turn their back on the true and living God and worship these idols. And all this leads to them going into captivity. Now, this story is more than just a history book, and we need to look at it just a little bit closer. These scriptures here show the revelation of a wickedness of the human heart and how hopeless human society is without the true living God. We spoke about this before. The world in which we live has substituted idols for God. They, they come in the form of movie stars. They come in the form of sports heroes. They come in the form of men, politicians, who they set up and they worship these people. We've devised our own religion. And we have priests and we have experts who continually tell us that the Bible is wrong. And the Bible shouldn't be recognized as the Word of God. And they fight for this. And they write all kinds of articles and all kinds of things. My favorite was the Jesus Seminar. I don't know if you're familiar with the Jesus Seminar when it came out years ago. The Jesus Seminar were a group of scholars, wise men. All they did was sit around and determine which words of Jesus were true. And they came up saying that none of his words were true. None of his words were true. What that means is if you have a Bible that has a red letter, meaning the words of Christ, you'd have to go through and basically cross out every single red letter. Because Jesus didn't say those things, according to these scholars. Now, we're talking about the 1900s. This happened in the 1900s, the 20th century. They weren't there in the first century where Matthew was, where John was, where Peter was, who dictated to Mark. They weren't there. They weren't knocked off their horse on the road to Damascus like the Apostle Paul. So they weren't there. But yet, they know. These are the men that are coming to tell us, Don't worship this God. There's no hope in them. Why? Because Satan has a plan. Satan has a mighty plan. He knows his time is short. He knows what's the end. He read the end of the book. He knows what's going to happen. But if he can take any of us with him, if he could just mess us up, if he could ruin your testimony, if he could make you look bad in front of your friends, and they can give you the, you call yourself a Christian. They can give you that kind of stuff. Well, he's won. The home and ministries inside here, society are crumbling. They're crumbling because we have gotten away from the Word of God. It no longer has value in society. They're trying to take it out of everything. They don't want the Word of God anywhere. Nowhere do they want you to see a Word of God, even a hint of God. They're trying to take it away. People not only can't handle the truth, they don't want the truth. People don't want the truth. They don't want the truth. They don't want to hear it. And this is where we've come to. People do not want to hear the truth, so we have to tell them about Jesus Christ. 
We have to tell them that Jesus is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only life. That no one comes to the Father except through Him. We have to tell them that. God has put us as lights here. Only Christ can transform your heart. Only Christ through the Holy Spirit can transform your heart. And if your heart is transformed, I can guarantee your home will be transformed. And I can guarantee if you're in ministry, that'll be transformed. And if everyone in the United States had a transformed heart, I can guarantee society would be transformed. There's a crisis in our homes. There's a crisis throughout society. It's not going to be solved by the two people who are running for political office right now. They are not going to solve the problems. And it's not going to be solved by laws. Let's enact more laws. Let's legalize this, but make it a law not to carry a gun. We'll legalize dope, but we won't let them carry a gun. Madness. It will not be solved by religions that teach works for salvation. It will only be solved when people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, sacrifice upon the cross for the sins of the world. It will only be coming through the cross. That's the only way. But we can help. Christ says, I'm the light of the world. Then he says, you're the light of the world because he has placed himself in you. He has placed that light in you. He records in Matthew where it says, let your light so shine that men might see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We must be the shining lights in the midst of darkness. We live in a very, very dark time. I don't think there is a darker time in history than which we live right now. And I'm sure I could go back and look at some of the things, and they were dark times. Don't I know that. In fact, one of the eras were called the Dark Ages. <laughs> you know, there's a reason for that. But I believe we live in pagan times. I believe that there are more nations now giving up on God than ever before. More nations that are turning their back on God than ever before. We must be the ones who carry the message of salvation. Salvation is by faith and faith alone. And that's what sets men and women free. Like Micah, the world has no idea what the far-reaching effects of sin will be. They have no idea what the far-reaching effects will be on them, on their children, on their children's children, and down the line. They have no idea what they're changing right now will have in the effects of the kids, should the Lord tarry. The world wants its own religious system. The world spends a great deal of energy to talk about what God is not, trying to convince others their worldview, trying to tell us that this book is not worth the time we spend in it. We know that to be nonsense. Like Micah, the world spends much of their time seeking respectability and riches and their own brand of religion. If the world would only seek the true God with their whole heart, Scripture says they would find him. He would make himself known to them and they would know the truth. How long has it been since you, my brethren, you, my brothers and sisters, my dear friends, how long has it been since you were truly seeking the presence of the Lord? Not just on Wednesdays or Sundays. I'm talking about in your private time. I'm talking about in your private closet, in your prayer closets, on your own. Not at a study 
where someone else does the reading and explaining, where you actually read the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to show you things in it. Allow to show you the wonders of the Word of God, where the Holy Spirit will take one word and give you an hour of instruction, an hour of wonder, and an hour of joy. That's true fellowship with God. See, that's what God wants from each of us. That's what God wants from each of us. He wants, He says, I want you. How many times has he impressed upon her heart, Dave? I don't care about your ministry. He does, but I don't care. It's not the most priority thing to me. You're the most important thing to me. I want to spend time with you. That's how he feels about you. Are you seeking him with your whole heart in your private time? Are you longing for the things of God? But are you trying to fill it with other things? Are you like Micah? Wanting to fill it with other things. Are you like the Danites, unsatisfied with what God has given to you? Well, this is great, God, but what about this? Yeah, you did a great healing here, but what about this? What an insult to our God. What an insult to our God. He wants to take you into his arms, and he wants to tell you how much he loves you. He wants to tell you how much he loves you. He wants to say, I loved you so much that if you were the only person in the world, my son would have come and put him to a cross for you and you alone. And that's how much I love you. Man, that will change your heart. Know that. Like we said, the Israelites didn't know who they were with God. Know who you are with God. Know who you are with God. That he esteems you so high. Esteems you so high. He's not that far away. He's only a whisper. Like I told you earlier, if we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, I'm going to leave you with this. This is the picture I get. It's kind of like a vision that I always get. Scripture says you're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's what the Scripture says. Where is Jesus right now? Where? Right hand of God the Father. So if I'm sitting, if I'm seated in heavenly places with Jesus Christ at the right hand of the Father, all I have to do is go, Father. That's all I have to do. Because he's right there. He's right here. He's filling every single seat right here. He's right beside you. He's right beside you. And he wants to tell you, oh, I love you with an everlasting love. Oh, my. Do you know how much it hurt me to see my son hanging on that cross? Well, that's how much I loved you. But what about my sin? What sin? No, 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 the sin I just committed. What sin? What sin? I remember your sin no more. That's a good, good father. That's a good God. That's the one we worship. You are Pastor Dave Shank will continue his series in the book of Judges next time you join us for A Sure Hope. In the meantime, you can listen to this teaching and others from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. We encourage you to download these messages so that they're available wherever you are. We know how busy life can get, but there's always time to pause, even if only for a few minutes. 
Those short breaks could be filled with the study of God's Word and the uncovering of treasures from its verses. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, gaining access to the latest messages as soon as they're posted. Find out more at assurehoperadio.com. If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love for you to come join us for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel Cape May will soon be moving to two services, meeting weekly on Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. Both services offer nursery and Sunday school, where your children will be well cared for as they learn about the love of Jesus. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Thanks for listening to today's message from the book of Judges. We pray you'll continue to be blessed as you study the Word on your own and that you'll discover Jesus working in your life each day. Pastor Dave will be back soon for another in-depth look at this Old Testament book. So join us again right here on A Sure Hope.